Welcome to Film Logic. <laughs> I'm your host, Mike. We are talking about the movies of yesterday, today, and tomorrow with all the fandoms in between. Adam, I just surprised the bejesus out of you by hitting record. <laughs> hey, you know, they say always be ready. So I, I guess I should have been ready. Hey, you should have been ready. Yeah, you know, that's the first thing they tell us in, uh, you know, improv class, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and and always be ready, right? <laughs> yeah, you're always looking for that red light of recording. Right, right. You never know, you know. Mm-hmm. And they they tell you that in broadcast school too, right? Like the the first the first thing they tell you is always assume the camera is on. <laughs> well, it's on. the The recording thingy is on, mm. and um, I just want to shout out that we are part of the Retrologic Network who last year, September 20th, let us record our very first episode, and this is our one-year anniversary. Wow. Yeah, if you're not on our Discord talking about how great it is to uh, have movies and retro video games, you are missing out. That's all I got to say. That's it. That's all we got. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) A year ago, a year ago, me and Aston, and, you know, we had a dream. It was going to be just fun talking about movies. We're not going to care who listened to us. Um, People came, people went, life happens. Adam, you were a guest on here. You had no idea there was an opening. And now you're the co-host. Yeah, look look at us now. Yes. Now, what what was your first episode that you were on? Ooh, oh man, uh, way to put me on the spot, Mike. Um, I can look what, it up. I just want you to sweat, right? <laughs> um, it had to have been a movie that um you wanted to get my take on for something. Let's see. Um, you? Oh, I know it. I know it. It's, hit me. It's actually something your brother would be really good at talking about. Oh, is it anime movies? Yes. Uh, you talked about uh, Janime with us. Yes, for January. Yep. Your name. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yes. I think also, if memory serves, I think I wax poetic about Akira one too many times. Yep. Now that's a well. <laughs> that that is a well. That is a well, um, right? And mm. you know, speaking of into the into the future, maybe in January, I think I'm going to see. There's a re-release of the movie. Uh, the, there's an anime movie called Paprika that is yeah. um, very influential in movies such as I don't know Inception. That's what I keep hearing. That like we shouldn't even be watching. Uh, Nolan movies, we should just be watching the <laughs> animes that they're based upon. Yeah, you that's know, what I'm saying. Cut out the middleman. Right? That whole hallway scene that mm-hmm. you know Nolan is super well known for, he ripped it wholesale right from that anime. I know. And you know, both movies don't use CGI. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, since we're walking down memory lane for this episode, Mike, I mean, what um, what what kind of stands out for you from the year? Well, you know, the numbers don't lie. And we know everybody, every time a bell rings, a podcast is made. <laughs> right, right. I think that's a Jimmy Stewart line ripped right from Yeah. Him. There's um, a sucker born every minute, right? That's him? Yes. <laughs> We're in a pond of podcasts. Mm. But I have to say that, you know, the people who love us, Retrologic, they, they've treated us well, and they gave us a fair shot, and I think... We'll never know who loves to hear us and who doesn't want to hear us, but um, <laughs> I can I can say that you know we're bringing up movie topics that are fun to listen to. Mm. People are listening to us. Uh, we're having some active conversations on our Discord, mostly about Star Wars, this and Marvel that. But there's been a lot of good topics about some of 2023's uh, best movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, and, and you know, I, I would really say that the 2023 was a really pivotal year. I think for movies, I think it was really the it was like the first year that had enough kind of gap from the COVID years, mm-hmm. and it was really a gauge to see if people will, you know, come back to the theater. Um, and it felt like a lot of really big movies came out this year, and it was a really big year for cinema. Oh, absolutely. One one thing that, you know, here's a hack, is if you want lots of viewers, just say wild things about Star Wars. <laughs> um, uh, I did a YouTube short based on our podcast. Mm. And there was that when we're talking about, uh, you know, how Star Wars are gatekeeping. Sure. And I said, why Star Wars fans are gatekeepers? One minute short. 93 listens. Yeah. Just to hear us talk about that. <laughs> and it's amazing. What You know what got in second? Mm. My, is Marvel going to burst in the year 2023? Yeah. So, like, people just... They can't get enough of this Disney Trinity, Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar. Yeah, no, for for sure. And it, it definitely felt like this year was a really big test for all three of those things, mm-hmm. all for different reasons. I think um, Pixar, with its, you know, release of Elemental and how contentious that was um star wars i think really trying to hang its hat on the tv series um i know this was last year but you know building off the success of andor and the third season of the mandalorian that came out this year and now you know with the ahsoka series i think people are really kind of like you know, the the fate of Star Wars in the future is kind of in the balance. And then, you know, with Marvel, I, I would say that this year, the, the releases have been, I think, a lot more misses than hits. And I think that's the first time in a while for um, the MCU. Um, I, I think it took a lot of hits. Yeah. You know, 
this was the year that Disney said, maybe we need to scale it back a little. You know, we got a little too excited, and there's there's such a thing as too much of a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, even though we can pump out million-dollar Star Wars and Star Wars spinoffs, doesn't mean we should. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I think one of the, the, the biggest tells is the... Um, the cancellation, I think, of a lot of the Star Wars movies mm-hmm. that were kind of on the radar. You know, there was talk of a, a Rogue One, um, not a Rogue One, like a, a Rogue Squadron movie that kind of got mm-hmm. tossed to the side. And then, you know, Patty Jenkins, what a year she's had. Poor Patty Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Um, just l- between, you know, losing, <laughs> you know, losing Wonder Woman and her Star Wars project getting getting the boot mm-hmm. um but yeah no it, it definitely felt like um marvel kind of and and star wars and, and and disney kind of really took a really took a pause on a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. really for the longest time it was like you know it felt like the years leading up to 2008 right where the bubble was just going and going and it does feel like for the first time this is the bubble that bursts and I think people are kind of looking at stuff with a, a fine-tooth comb. Same thing with DC. I think superhero movies are finally kind of being viewed, I think, a little bit more negatively. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I saw somewhere that 11 of the last, like, 12 DC movies have been flops. Yeah. Well, there was that list they showed you. And like the the top ten uh, Marvel and DC superhero movies that like did horrible, oh. and DC was seven of those. Yeah, I feel really bad because like well, it's a it's it's not like it's a company that's coming out of like like oh I want to try this. I mean, this is a hundred year old company right. that created the culture that spawned mm. these stories that we love so much mm. and to see them suffer as if like they just decided out of the blue, let's start a comic book company. Right. It's just so sad. Right. Right. No, for sure. Um, I correction. It was seven of the last DC movies, not 12. Yeah. And these, these numbers are, are pretty crazy. Do you, do you want to take a little, a quick little dive? I love numbers. Tell me. <laughs> Well, and it's it's crazy because by any stretch of the imagination, this should be a success. But because of the budgets that are getting put into these things, things like you know the Flash making two hundred sixty-eight million is a flop, you know, or Black Adam, you know, making three hundred ninety-one million. In what world is that a flop? But it is when that movie costs so much, right? But which is okay because it was the Rock's money. Oh, right? Yes. Right? And quick bunny trail, you know us. Um, but I... It's funny because, you know, obviously right now there's the writer strike, acting strike. So The Rock is kind of like schlepped his way back to the WWE. I don't know if you've seen this, Mike. Oh my gosh, yes. And so him and John Cena were on 
SmackDown or something like this week at the time of recording. And I was like, wow, how prodigal son. Yeah. You know, some people are like, you coward, you cross the line by going back into acting. But then they're like, did he? It's it's pro wrestling. It's not really acting, or is it? It's a sport, but you're doing it pretend. So right. And I I don't know. I wish more actors would choose that. Like, like you know, Helen. They're like, oh shoot, I can't go back to acting. I'm going to go on, you know, AEW. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's weird because, you know, the wrestling is definitely its own animal and it's very insular and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they definitely, they definitely have their own, they, they march over their, their own rules. So, you know, it didn't surprise me at all, but it's just funny to see, you know, the, the biggest, you know, the, the biggest, you know, people like the you know the rock is you know he's the rock and it's funny to see him go back to to smackdown on a random tuesday night in little rock arkansas wherever they were um yeah yeah it's 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 weird it it definitely feels like now we're going to start seeing actors and quote-unquote famous people start doing really random side quests you know what that is hilarious but it also mm. you get to see who's the most resilient. Sure. Like like the fun part is it is you get to see you know these actors their their savings are dwindling with each day. You know, and some of them gasp. They might have to budget more strictly. And others are like give me just give me something. Give me WWE, give me a deodorant commercial. That's right. one thing I've seen on Hulu is like all these actors are doing cologne commercials <laughs> and watch commercials. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, enough of that, Mike. Let's let's get back to the let's get back to the fun stuff. Well, one fun thing I want to do. You shared those numbers about. Yeah. Um, the Rock only making two hundred or three hundred and eighty thousand. A million on but I'm wondering if he got any justification with DC League of Super Pets. Uh because many people forget that's part of the DC universe. Yeah, I yeah, I mean I wonder yeah, that didn't make it onto the list. Maybe that's you know, maybe that was one of the few successes. I yeah, but again, that was like <laughs> The Rock and uh, Kevin Hart, right? Yeah. Well, that movie made two hundred and seven million mm, on a budget uh, of what? On a budget of oh, uh, let's see. Did they tell you the budget on this website? I might have to get back to you on that. <laughs> That's okay. But it's like an animation, so I can't imagine it went too. Uh, it's not telling me mm. what the budget is. Okay, okay. keep talking. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, that, that movie was... 
the movie had quite a an interesting cast. I I got it if you okay um, yeah. if you found it. Uh, at least according to the Wikipedia, it had a budget of ninety million. Um, okay, and, so that's a win. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say that's a win, and definitely a lot of that money went into the cast. Uh, it Kate had McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, John Krasinski, Vanessa Bear, uh, Diego Luna. Yeah, Ben Schwartz, Keanu was also in. I forgot about that. Um, Kevin Hart, of course, and The Rock. I'm sure co-headlining that. But um, yeah, I guess people don't really. Uh, yeah, I guess people don't really count that, right? Right? I, uh, maybe because it was like a kids movie. I don't know. What do you think? No, because it's animated. Why, that's why I think animation is like the answer that no one wants to consider. Mm. It's lower budget. Right. Um, even something as silly as being a super pet can <laughs> get you 2.3 times what you spent. Um, Spider-Man proved that you can be cool and still be an animated feature. Yeah, I mean, the biggest movies that came out this year were definitely, a lot of them were animated between Spider-Man and the Mario movie. Um, hey, Mario's not complaining, oh, we're not... We're not canon because we're animated. They're not right. saying that. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did pretty good at the box office. Oh my gosh, yes, they did. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I definitely think 20, 2023 was definitely a a good year for the uh, the old animated scene because, like, M- the Mario Brothers movie grossed what, like, over a billion? Yeah, which was. I think people, right. a lot of people were, were really surprised by that. Yeah, you know, I, I, would, I would say so, because it's, it was just, it was such a simple take, and video games have never, ever deserved that, because <laughs> their audience isn't that big, and, you know, I guess, I guess uh, DreamWorks was just very smart. Yeah, right. They they they've had a they've had quite a they've had quite a a run of it. The uh, that Puss in Boots movie was pretty good too. I right. really enjoyed that. And then um, upcoming, I think probably right at the tail end of the year is that new um, Miyazaki movie um, that I'm sure will do numbers, huge numbers in Japan and. I'm sure there's enough crossover appeal in in the United States that that'll probably make some good a good chunk of change. I'll probably go see it a couple times. What's, got... what's that movie that he says I'm not going to advertise at all because that's uh, this movie. Yeah, to be able to say that and probably to be okay financially on your movie is <laughs> that's pretty stellar, right? I mean, Miyazaki and, and Studio Ghibli they they're you know they're they're just like that right like they they have they have such a, a track record mm-hmm. and people just know um like like people say i don't like anime but and then they like i like Hollow's movie castle or you know princess mononoke or whatever it is but they i i can't think of a, a studio that has had more hits than you know, Studio Ghibli. 
like even their even their like lesser known stuff like you know the wind rises or ponyo or Mm -hmm. delivery service like those are still like you know those are still incredibly like popular incredibly you know those are held in the canon of, of animated movies right and I'm I'm looking up Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, four hundred and eighty-one million dollars. Yeah, yeah, for something that I mean, the Flash for all that it spent. Says, oh man, I wish <laughs> I could have that. I <laughs> right, and the the cat or the the Puss in Boots, like the the cast for that. I mean, that's a it's a really it's a it's an awesome cast, you know, between you know Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek. But then you know, even through there's just, you know Florence Pugh and John Mulaney and yeah, you know. I mean, it's dare, dare I say that 2023 is the year of the animated cartoon feature? Yeah, I mean, I I'm totally there with you, Mike. I I think that there I think there are two like looking back on the year, I think there are two major headlines. Is that one animated features? should be taken more seriously and they they definitely dominated the box office and then i don't think you can also and maybe we can talk about this i I don't want to talk about it too much because i think we talked a lot about it but Mm -hmm. just the the resurgence of the summer blockbuster and you know barbie and oppenheimer and yeah um i think those are the the two big takeaways and and not surprisingly enough you know guardians of the galaxy um volume three which definitely was you know, in times past, I feel like that would have been all everyone was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like if you put up, like, you know, in 20... Like, if, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 came out in 2012, and, you know, you put that up against, you know, some biopic about some, you know, and, you know, some mm-hmm. astronomical physicist or whatever, like, <laughs> like, that doesn't track, right? Like, you'd be like, of course the Marvel movie... Yeah, you know, would you know destroy this? But it feels like an afterthought. Like it's not even—I wouldn't even say it's the the best superhero movie that's come out this this summer. Mm-hmm. Like between Spider-Man and I mean, if you want to count, if you want to count Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a superhero movie, uh, they're mutants. They count, right? Yeah. I like mean, they're that. definitely in the comic books a lot. So, <laughs> right, exactly. You know that, and really, I think um, I, as much as 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 good as Guardians of the Galaxy three is, I just enjoyed Blue Beetle so much more. Um, Interesting. Just from a, yeah, just. From, and I I I want to talk about I'm going to talk about Blue Beetle a little bit later. It's one of my, um, it's one of the movies I want to talk a little bit more in depth about later on in another yeah. segment. But um, but yeah, I, I I don't even necessarily like Guardians of the Galaxy three. I think was a, a very good movie, a, a very technically yeah. sound movie, but it just felt it was just like very Marvel, you know. Yeah. Well, you know. It's a whole fruit salad when yeah. of comic book Marvel. Like I swear, Disney Disney has like these rules. Like they have like this brand feeling 
Right. And that, like, no director can ever escape it. Except and, Gunn. Yeah. I mean, even even James Gunn, like, he, he does his best to make his own spin. Right. But, I don't know. There's, like, this invisible burden of this is a Disney-controlled right. series that you kind of feel in the back of your mind. It's, like, in the corner of your eye. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, even, you know, when James Gunn was able to get the, you know, the F word in, yeah. it just it just felt corporate, <laughs> right? It, like, it felt it, like he had to write a letter to Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> he had to trade the life of his firstborn child. Yes. To, yeah. to Walt Disney um, to be an Imagineer. Um, yeah, no, it, it, you know, it was... Yeah, it's exactly what you said, right? Like, it just, you walked in and you got served exactly what you thought it was going to be. It was like going to McDonald's. Yeah. You know, the word I'm thinking of is organized. Disney, yeah. or Marvel movies feel so organized, compartmentalized. Like, yeah. this is the block of humor. And this is the block where you feel sad. This is the block where you have the cool action scene. And... I, I think that works because when it's when you know it's going to be organized and put into neat rows and you know it's gonna it's gonna hit everything perfectly of, of equal measure, then you're there's less chance that you have to like overanalyze it and say, did I like that? Right, right. No, for sure. I it, it definitely it's designed in a way to cut their own losses, right? Like yeah. it's never going to be, you know, it's never going to be Oppenheimer. It's never going to be, you know, the Godfather part two, but it's also, you know, hopefully never going to be as bad as daredevil again, or as bad as, you it's know, Electra. green lantern. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's going to hit, you know, it's going to sit in that ballpark of, you know, 6.2 to 7.5 and, you know, you're, it, it's going to make money. And that's kind of what it feels like, right? They, they, they discovered the, the formula for a movie that costs just enough that it looks good and is flashy, but it also is cheap enough where they can make just an obscene amount of money on it. Mm-hmm. And the, it's like just, funny enough to keep 35 somethings entertained but like the humor still can go over the eight-year-olds that is ooing and eyeing at you know the cgi right right absolutely and when i when james gunn worked on the suicide squad Mm. like you could tell that those that harness that bit was off the horse Right, you know, and he was he was running in wild directions, and it's not as organized. But that movie still made some like, like, some it made some wild jumps that he wouldn't be able to make, and he had to take some huge risks on yeah. a story that you know isn't as organized. And my brain did have to work a little bit harder on that one. Like, do I love this? Do I hate this? <laughs> Is this good? Yes. Why do I like this? Why do you know Disney? Tell me why I like this. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. No. Absolutely. Um, 
no, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I think that that is James Gunn is definitely someone you're, you're, you know, inevitably you're going to have to keep an eye on, you know, into the coming year. And, you know, depending on how all the strikes and all that stuff go. But, you know, who knows when we're going to start seeing new, new movies from these big studios again. But, um, yeah, he's definitely someone that kind of has the industry um, looking at him right now, right? Like, he's, you know, the the former Disney golden boy now working for the other team. He's got the whole studio under his creative control, and it's it's going to live and die by James Gunn. And I, I guess the, the question is, is he, do you think he has enough chops? Does he have the chops to be able to pull it off? And, you know, I think that's why a lot of people were looking at the DC movies that came out this summer to, to kind of see the direction that they might be turning. And um, I, I think a lot of people were pretty disappointed by the flash and not, nobody went to go see blue beetle, which is a shame. And nobody cares about Aquaman and Uh not even the studio. And like, that's coming out later this month. And I don't, nobody cares (laughs) that, you know, that is very strange because I saw a trailer and I'm like, Oh yeah. Aquaman. What's that guy (laughs) been up to? Right. Yeah. It's almost like the internet. It's almost like, no, not the internet. DC is like, Man, you know, this this house is burning down, you know. And if you want to yeah. watch it burn down to its cinders, be my guest. If you don't, we'll just wait for James Gunn. Right? And you would think that this would be an absolute layup of a movie to make money in the climate that we're in right now, right? Yeah. Like it's it's not going against anything. Mm-hmm. There, you know, people are you know, we're coming off a summer of people that went to go see the movie, went to the movies. It was, you know, a very profitable summer. People mm-hmm. went, people are excited about going. And it's, uh, it's a, an actor that people love. Jason Momoa, who was in another blockbuster movie earlier this summer. Loved him. And exactly. And, you know, again, it's in a climate where there just isn't anything else coming out to compete against it. Mm-hmm. But nobody cares, and that's that's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. I I would say everything's this is the this is the wonky year. Yeah, you said it perfectly last time when I said, "Ooh, this seems like a great year for movies to come back," and you said, "Really? <laughs> Do you think that's true?" And now that I think about it. I'm only looking at the animation <laughs> and I'm not looking at the bulk of movies, mm. which is the ones we all get hyped about the star Wars, this, the Marvel, that the right. DC, this. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely think the, uh, and I, I guess to kind of clarify or to expound on that point, I, I think it was, it wasn't that, there was a lack of movies that came out this year. I think there were a lot of movies that came out this year, but there were so many remakes and like, or, or sequels 
and people just didn't go to see those movies. Mm-hmm. But people went to go see the new original, you know, awesome stuff like like we were talking about, like the, the animated movies, Barbie, Oppenheimer. People went to go see, you know, op- you know, apparently the uh, the Gran Turismo movie did pretty decent in the box office. Um, so, like, people are going to the movies. They just aren't going for what the Hollywood execs thought that they were going to go see, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you told me that, you know, there's a, a Fast and the Furious movie out with Jason Momoa as, you know, the, 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 main, the main villain, I'd be like, yeah, no, the, totally, that, that sounds like it'll print money. And it just didn't. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think it's... Um, Kind of like what I was saying, where it's it's it was a year of movies, but not a lot of them were great, and I think that there were definitely more stinkers than hits. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, let's look at this, you know, burning carousel of a year. Yeah. Um, starting back September twenty twenty two. Yeah. And now, like, what, what movies, uh, what have been, what has your film experiences been? Oh man, um, so I, um, do we want to talk about the movies that I picked? Yeah, just feeling? name, yeah, name off your it. movies. Well, I, I think I'm going to start off strong, and you know, I, I really wish, um, and this is like. This is the movie that I think is the exception to everything that I was just saying. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, John Wick 4, man. John Wick 4 was such a good movie. Um, it, it, it's probably... Um, it's probably my favorite movie that I saw this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the movie that I walked out of being like the most you know the most excited the most hyped um you know this 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 movie it was made even though it was a a pretty big huge massive movie um Mm -hmm. it only had a budget of a hundred million dollars right and it grossed 432 million and and I know that it's a you know it's the the fourth it's the, you know the fourth movie in the cycle, but it is an original character. It is an, an incredibly original story, and um, the actors in it, all of them across the board, are just brilliant. Um, this one in particular, Donnie Yen and Bill Skarsgård, absolutely steal the show. And you know Keanu is there anchoring the action. Um, it's, it, it, and somehow, some way, Chad Stalinsky, you know, former stuntman, stunt coordinator, he, he makes some, he has some shots in this movie where you're like, this could hang up in the Louvre, and then they show stuff in the Louvre, like, that's, you know, that's how great this movie is, and, um, and just there's so many imaginative action sequences, and um, I, I think also what really resonated with audiences is the amount of real stunts and real effects 
that they did for these films um, that just can't be replicated with CGI. And hmm. um, yeah, so I, I really do think that you know John Wick Four is the exception to my you know my my statement of you know these the movies that didn't do well were these you know recycled ideas but i think what john wick 4 does so well is that it's it's almost like the anti fast and the furious movie right where the fast and the furious all these massive and crazy stunts are all cgi you know you look at the every single person that's in the movie is you know is doing this with a stunt man right or it's cgi'd in or it's just not tethered in reality whereas john wick 4 like that's you know keanu is doing a lot of his own action sequences you know he's mm-hmm. you know he's really holding that gun he's really shooting he's really doing you know that gun foo yeah and all the other characters and you know of sure like he gets hit by a car and he keeps going but it's at least you you see him limp, whereas you know you see Dominic Toretto drop from space, and he gets off. He gets up and just dusts his shoulders off. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have to feel like this is another weird thing. Is that like it might be the curse of having a movie out in January, but that movie feels so buried. Like it, mm. it shined. It did really good. Everyone who's talking about it loves it, um, and you you would think um, this movie would be like so accessible, but like it's I feel like it's gotten like it got buried somewhere. Yeah, for sure. It, yeah, I I wouldn't even know where to tell people to go watch it. It's it's on the Netflix. DVD queue Um, because I (laughs) think that's the only way I can see it like it might it might be going to Peacock or it might be there already I know they're doing a a continental like side story right which looks pretty cool and so it's on my DVD queue but then Netflix said we're not doing DVDs anymore in fact if we sent you one just keep it <laughs> because uh we have no way of getting it back from you. Right. So if you have a DVD out through Netflix, it's yours now. Um, That's crazy. So I I no longer unless Redbox uh there's no no longer a way to get any of the movies that uh that like the streaming services have passed. Mm. Right. Which is is crazy cuz like by every stretch of the imagination, this movie should be, you know, at the forefront. Like it's, it made four hundred million. It has, you mm-hmm. know, glowing reviews across any and every review aggregate that you want. Like it's got, it's got a ninety-four in Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, it's. And when was the last time an action movie, right, <laughs> got right. like a ninety-four? Like that's crazy to me. Um, yeah, like this, this movie, you know, did better, um, you know, review wise than Oppenheimer and Barbie, you know, it made just as much money as, as Oppenheimer. Um, it 
but you know people you know it, yeah it it was it was there it got its moment and then it's kind of just like gone and you know and like, it might not even be in the conversation for movie of the year which is a shame because it's it's really that good right and that's what you know baffles me uh mm. let's take you back to 2020 sure where we were all sick and in our house and <laughs> i saw the the oscars that were based on 2020 movies and they were all like these cerebral like coming of age elderly women on a road trip type movies <laughs> uh, man overthinking this um, you know, really get into your head kind of movies. And I'm like, is this the future of <laughs> movies? Is just like this artsy noir stuff. Yeah. And then 2023 comes along and says, no, no, we want Fast X, The Flash, uh, John Wick. We want them back in the Oscar running. Uh, we want Puss in Boots to be in the Oscar running. Sure. And darn it, it happened, you know. Yeah. And so John Wick, like this is this is twenty twenty three is the year of the of the franchise actually winning us over. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe I I I would be. I mean, I'm going to be interested to see what the Oscars say and do this year um, because I I still think it's you know, Oppenheimer and Barbie and, um, you know, the, the, you know, the Spider-Man and, uh, uh, there's a, an A24 film that came out this year that, that's slipping my mind. It's a a Korean drama. Um, yeah, I, I think that those are still going to, um, clean up, but, Um, and we didn't even talk about yet, which is surprising to me. Um, the other Disney owned, uh, thing that came back this summer, Indiana Jones. Um, yeah, like the, it definitely felt like the studios thought we wanted, you know, all these movies. And then they came out and people were like, okay, (laughs) but people, or like the Mario movie, like the Mario movie is probably going to be in the conversation with Barbie to win, you know, best, uh, you know, best song, best original song. Right. Um, so, you know, the Mario movie could win an Oscar, um, at least be nominated. And if it doesn't, it's a shame, but, um, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a weird year for, for movies. Right. And the fact that we all, we might have all of our Oscar picks and it's been summer. And, like, usually they come mm. out in December. That's when, like, the, the pretentious right. directors, like, they do the dump of all their, <laughs> like, their, right. you know, sing your heart out movie ambitious ideas. Right. But, you know, it might be too late. We might have all our picks. Right. Definitely. I mean, I, I still think there's some stuff on the horizon that, that people are um, should definitely go see. Like, the creator, I think that's going to be... Um, I think that's going to be incredible. Um, but I also, I, I think the writer strike had a lot to do with it too. Like, um, I think Dune 2 was supposed to come out, um, mm. and that got delayed. And I mean, that was definitely going to be in the conversation, I think, um, for some people. Uh, so yeah, I guess it remains to be seen. 
Um, shall I go on to, to talk about some of my other movies, or did you have something you wanted to talk about, a movie? Yes, go to your second movie. Man, this one... Um, this one, I, I think, was also another pleasant surprise for a lot of people. And um, I really enjoyed it. It felt like a, a, a breath of fresh air. And it did okay at the movie, at the box office. Um, but uh, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Honor Among <laughs> Thieves. Um, another you know, franchise. <laughs> uh, a franchise, but a franchise that hasn't really gotten mainstream media love. Um, yeah, it has no right to have a good movie. right i mean don't get me wrong like you know as a man with a a d20 tattooed on his arm (laughs) and is obsessively playing boulders gate 3 and Mm -hmm. you know spent way too much money buying dungeons and dragons uh, auxiliary things and books um i yeah i i love dungeons and dragons um and you know it it you know, as much as, you know, Stranger Things, you know, really kind of pushed, you know, the game back into the popular consciousness, um, Dungeons and Dragons is definitely more of a, um, a darling on the streaming circuit and, you know, on the internet, you know, with Dimension 20 and, you know, Critical Role and, you know, all those, all those games, you and your brother, you know, your brother and, um, you know, <laughs> your friends down the street, right, have a podcast where they play Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. right? Like, you know, you throw, a, you know, throw a stick and you can find someone that that plays D and D now, which is incredible. Like, I love that. But you're right there. There hasn't been a whole lot of representation from the mainstream media of you know this game and this property, this IP, and um, I I think that when it came out and how critically well it was received. Um, surprise a lot of people, and it is again. It's still a a niche. Um, you know, it's a board game, right? It's a TTRPG. Um, at the end of the day, so you know, it's still very niche. But the the fact that it was so well received and people wanted to go see it, and you know, someone like you know Chris Pine was in it, and um, yeah, and Michelle Rodriguez, and it, it was just yeah. it was just fun. It was it was refreshing and fun, and you didn't have to think about, you know, you didn't have to think back to, you know, episode four of the third season of Dungeons and Dragons, the TV show, right? Like you could just go and enjoy this adventure, and um, it was self-contained. It was fun, and you know, as someone that has a lot of knowledge of the lore, there was enough nods. And, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudges for me that it kept me really interested. But also it was so accessible for people like you didn't have to know anything about the game of Dungeons and Dragons to enjoy it. Um, And it was just a a good, you know, family fun comedy action adventure movie. And I really hope that, you know, more of these kind of movies come out because those are the movies that I loved going to go see. Um, you know, when I was growing up in, you know, into my teen years, stuff like, um, the man from uncle or, um, you know, all these action adventure, fun, you know, one-off movies that, that came out and, um, yeah, so I, I definitely, um, I enjoyed that movie a whole lot. And if you, if you didn't get a chance to see it yet this year, 
um do yourself a favor um it's really great uh and i think one of the things that um i liked most about it was its runtime of 134 minutes it didn't overstay its welcome it was just long enough to be able to tell a whole story but it wasn't you know four and a half hours mm-hmm. yeah you know it's always the weird things that are getting like the best attention for movies like D and D is great as its core game, but like I can't think of a video game based on D and D that reviewed really well. Much less a movie. I mean, they had that early two thousands movie that is forever lost in the cheesy vault. And so right. for, for them, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, besides Baldur's Gate, like one, two, and three are like is Baldur's pretty- Gate part of the. D&D? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, why? Why can't you just call it D and D one, two, and three? I <laughs> gotta well, be so difficult. <laughs> well, because Boulder's Gate is a city in the D and D universe, at least in Faerun. All right, so <laughs> I guess like a lameoid like me wouldn't know that. So yeah, right, right. It's kind of like Skyrim, right? Like it takes place in. Right, you know, it's like the name of the 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 country or whatever, but it's in the world of. No one ever says let's play Elder Scrolls. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So it's kind of that idea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get you know EverQuest, uh, Icedale. I get Ice all Dale, those confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. Also, that. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this. This is like a a massive, this is a massive bunny trail, but um, there's this like alternate universe called Dark Sun. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, if you imagine like, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Oh my gosh. Welcome to the Thunderdome. What's that? Oh, yeah, Mad Max. Mad Max. It's like Mad Max, but like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's like super controversial. Yeah, it's... But yeah, so there's there's something in Dungeons and Dragons for everyone. Right. So that movie's on my watch list. You should do yeah, it. I mean, there's so many movies on my watch list. Mm. I mean, Thank you, 2023. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. is there? Shall I? Um, shall I go on to my my next one, or did you did you want yeah, to add something? Yeah, You're on a roll. I am on a roll. Um, <laughs> oh, I yeah. So Dungeons Dragons definitely a huge massive plus um, for me. And then um, the last uh, the last movie new movie that came out in 2023 that I want to talk about is Blue Beetle. Um, you know, I, I went to go see it on a whim. My friend invited me. I didn't have to pay for my ticket. So maybe that played a part in it. Um, (laughs) but, um, it was just, it was just everything that I wanted from like, uh, you know, a, a superhero movie. It was, it didn't overstay its welcome. You know, it wasn't two and a half hours, um, but it had sword really, fights. It, right, it had 
really great action sequences. The um, and you'll have to, I'll either have to go look it up or you can remind me. But the uh, the main actor also from Zolo, um, Zolo from Karate Kid. Yes. Um, he was awesome. So charismatic. Um, you couldn't look away from his action sequences. Um, but it was just, it was just a fun summer movie. And really it just had so much heart, um, at the, the center of it. It was just really about a family and their, their bond together, the love that they have for each other. And, you know, that's really what kind of gave those early Marvel movies, I think, part of their charm mm-hmm. was that a lot of these, a lot of those movies just had heart in it, right? Like they, like there was um, a moral, there was like a moral backbone that you could stand on, right? Like there was, yeah. there was something, it was just like, it was just about the good guys being good, the bad guys are bad, and the good guys do the right thing. And, you know, the Winter Soldier kind of comes along. And then, you know, like, Civil War. And then now now it's, like, these, like, you know, movies that are kind of gray. And, you know, Loki, like, the TV series, just, I'm super excited about. But, again, you're like, oh, am I supposed to be rooting for Loki? He just committed, like, a war crime on New York. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, ten, like, ten years ago. Um and uh, I, I think another thing that made Blue Beetle so good was the supporting cast was so great. George Lopez stole the screen every time he was there. Um, uh, uh, the the wonderful actress that played Jenny Cord, she was great. The names are escaping me right now, but um, yeah, just across the board, it was it was so it was so it was just nice. Right? Like, I, I left the theater being like, yeah, like, that was a movie, and I liked it, and I didn't have to think hard about it, and I didn't have to wonder who the bad guys were. I didn't have to wonder, you know, did I like the hero and his actions, you know? And for once, I left the movie, I was like, no, the, the main character hero made the right choice, and I supported every single one of his decisions, and they weren't random or weird or out of character or you know he wasn't an anti-hero he was just a kid trying to protect his family and the girl he loves and um yeah just the 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 themes of self-sacrifice and um serving and and love and yeah it was it was just so it was so nice mike it was so nice Mm -hmm. um yeah you know and that's one of those movies where i'm like Man, this is one of those movies where we're lucky if it's better than Green Lantern. At its best, it'll be forgettable. At its worst, it'll just prove that uh, why we hate DC. And like, and I thought for sure my my DC intuition was firing. My spider yeah. sense was tingling. Like this is not. <laughs> this is a throwaway movie. Right. And you know what's going to happen is I'm going to be like, okay, DC stopped making throwaway movies. And then I watch Aquaman 2. And then we're going to have a conversation where it's like, uh, you know, Aquaman 2 made $100,000. And it's it spent $2 trillion. And it's, it's going to be Shazam 2 all over again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Love yeah. Shazam one. They can't fail. Zachary Levi can't fail. He's so infectious. And what does he do behind my back? He fails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for for sure. For sure. Um, did you saw it? Did you see Blue Beetle? No, no, I've been afraid to. Oh, okay. Everyone's reviews sound really good, so now I want to. Yeah. I don't think Definitely. it's on HBO Max, which doesn't matter because I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it when it comes out or you know, comes to Redbox or whatever, definitely go go see it. See it with your family. I think your family would love to see it. Um I think so too. Yeah, it, it was just yeah, it was just so heartwarming and it you know, it it, it was it was really great. And, you know, it didn't, you know, for, for all of, you know, <laughs> you know, Zach, um, uh, what's his name? Zach Snyder's, you know, cynicism and, you know, morally gray and, you know, the Snyder cut and them mm-hmm. pushing for this really dark DC universe. Um, mm-hmm. it really felt like the Blue Beetle movie really captured one what the character is like in the comic books right where it's just like this fun family you know family first superhero kid that's just there and enjoying the ride Uh and yeah then there's just no cynicism you know i always thought blue beetle was uh dc's answer to Spider-Man, because Spider-Man was having so much fun, and he had all these fun one-liners, and he was young. He was hip with the kids, and they're like, we (laughs) need that. Yeah. We need our own bug kid. (laughs) We need... He needs to be diverse, you know, so we can have one up on those Marvel guys. (laughs) Right. I've always been afraid of Blue Beetle because I was like, okay, this is always going to be compared to as lesser Spider-Man, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I, he's similar in the ways that you want him to be similar in, in, Mm -hmm. in terms of like that. He's a good person who does good things for other people from a, a sense of altruism. Um, and but he's different enough that if you put them next to each other in a room, you'd be like, oh, like like Peter's different than Jaime, and yeah. um, yeah. So I, I think it's yeah, it's it's really great, and I really hope I'm not hyping it up too much for you, but um, yeah, I, I really think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm adding it to my list of movies I need to get around to seeing. Yeah. So. This has been uh, this has been the year that I came back to seeing movies, mm-hmm. and there there's definitely movie, movies I've wanted to rock. There are mm. movies I had low hopes in, and they ended up rocking. Mm. And then there's my heartbreak with DC, right? Uh, which I've learned to I've learned to like just die a little with DC <laughs> on film. Because I think to myself, okay, the best stories have already been told in the comic books. Right. You know, if you squint, it looks like they're moving in the comics. Right. And, you know, and, you know, I don't have to worry about the live action outshining it because it doesn't seem like anyone knows how to use visual effects. So, 
I'm getting the best art and the best stories already. So, you know, I've moved on from that. Um, since I am a DC diehard, I did find things I liked about The Flash mm. and Shazam 2. Uh, but, you know, uh, I take it with a grain of salt that those movies are not what, you know, are not helping the superhero genre. Right. And, you know, they're not doing anything as a favor to them. And we can just take that as it is. Um, I, my So far, my favorite movie, the movie that's been giving me pure joy, uh, making me feel like a kid again. And mm. this was August. I think August was, was the month that Blue Beetle came out. But mm. it was also the month that Mutant Mayhem came out, Teenage Mutant yeah. Turtles. And I thought, you know, the, the, the kiddiness of it was going to turn me off. You know, and I know it did uh, for a lot of people. Th- they were hoping that, like, Splinter would be, like, that dark Japanese, you know, <laughs> sensei. Right. The Ninja Turtles would be gritty, but that was definitely not the case when you have Nickelodeon attached to your... Right. So, but I ended up falling in love with, like, the chemistry and the mm. the atmosphere... And, like, even the silliness wasn't so silly that I was, like, groaning and cringing. But it was just like, ha, you know, these one-liners are funny. The jokes that April O'Neil tells to kind of, like, her cynicism and her mm. and her struggles. That, like, like, the movie could have been about her. And I wouldn't have minded because she had a lot of great lines. And... Like, I didn't mind that, like, Mikey, Michelangelo did not feel like a true party dude, you know, because he was part of some greater, uh, you know, greater chemistry between the brothers. Mm. So uh, I think this was like, this was me coming off of, you know, Spider-Man, the Enter the Spider-Verse or Through the Spider-Verse. Um, I came into that movie wanting that joy that I got from the first Spider-Verse movie. And when I didn't get it from that, I was so glad that the Ninja Turtles movie picked up that spare and said, here you go. Movies can be fun and we don't have to cry about Uncle Ben. (laughs) And I was so glad. Mm. And now, you know, you might think that, you know, the Spider-Verse movies are a work of art. They belong in a museum. Mm-hmm. Um, the first few scenes of Across the Spider-Verse were, you know, so beautiful, you know, tearjerker. Um, but I have to say that the, the Ninja Turtles movie was very aesthetically pleasing. And yeah. had like the pseudo claymation type look that really kind of fit with a Nickelodeon universe. Yeah, for yeah. sure. With yeah, that, and I... It's yeah. the same animation studio that did both, right? Was it? Was it? Uh, all I know is that Sony was behind this the Spider-Man <laughs> movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Let's. Uh, I want to be right. <laughs> I mean, it definitely looked similar. So, if you told me, I would not be surprised. Right. I mean, no, definitely. Um, I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, the t- uh-huh. the team and he. Um, the TMNT movie is, um, yeah, it's just great. It, it's just good, and it, it it shows that like 
uh, again, like just because something is made for kids doesn't mean that it can't be excellent and done with excellence. Absolutely, it takes a genius that I think Disney created this science, the science of connecting a forty-year-old and an eight-year-old and having both of them enjoy the same thing. Right. Like I was with my nephew who's nine. I think I enjoyed the movie a little bit more than he did, <laughs> which, you know, it's okay. It is what it is. It wasn't Roblox. Um, but you know, I don't apologize for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. Um, no, I'm, I'm definitely wrong. I don't know where I thought that that was, um, it feels like it, but yeah, they, they said that they got some inspiration from the, uh, spider verse movies, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I totally agree um, with you, Mike. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's the, that's the real movie magic. And, um, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, there's, there's just something, something magical about it. Um, Okay, well, so that was so me talking about Blue Beetle was the last movie I wanted to. Um, well, talk I do about have a my... second movie. Oh yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. I know we want to jump the gun to the future. No, no, no I I'm excited. So yeah, so I want to take a break from animation and just yeah. tell you about my theatrical experience watching Fast X. Yes. So this this was more like an experiment. Like I can't <laughs> I can't tell you I enjoyed Fast X. Sure. I wanted to be part of something ridiculous mm. and senseless. Yeah. And just just an explosion of like if <laughs> if Mountain Dew was a psychological <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah. This was. Yeah. Like you you can't you can't sit down with like a bunch of sixth graders and they can't come up with something like this. This has to become from some child prodigy who uh decided not to take his meds. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Like the from the fact that Jason Momoa was like Two parts Heath Ledger, three parts Jim Carrey from The Mask. Um, <laughs> somehow John Cena treated this movie like it was an episode of WWE Raw. <laughs> and he was somehow like this believable, like, good dad. <laughs> Even though in Fast <laughs> 9 he was like the evil bad guy. So that was like... Um, the fact that they played like Rocket League with a giant bomb in Italy to save yeah. the Pope. <laughs> like, did I dream that? No, that happened. That really I, happened, Mike. Yeah. Um, the somehow Vin Diesel, like the hero, the linchpin of the movie, somehow showed less emotion than Groot. <laughs> How did he do that? I don't know. It takes talent to not emote. <laughs> Um, like I would say, these what what I saw in Fast X made superhero movies look realistic. Mm. It made it made uh, you know, it made Guardians of the Galaxy three look as like a documentary comparatively, and 
like part of me is impressed. Like someone went full cartoon, full like like let's just throw every idea and not edit them. <laughs> and that is bold. But a part yeah. of me is like that what did I just see? Yeah. Like, it was the ambition of Infinity War, but like the understanding of DreamWorks minions. Yeah. And just yeah. like, I didn't even think there were cars in that movie. I can't remember. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I, I, I yeah. I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you look back on, on where it came from and how it got to where it is. And you're just like, why do people still pay to watch these movies? And I I don't get it. I have the numbers. Mm -hmm. And according to the numbers, America doesn't get it. Because (laughs) it only made 145 million, but it made 704 million worldwide. (laughs) So this movie movie wasn't for us, Adam. This movie was strictly for Thailand. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. That just blows my mind. Uh, what was the budget? Do you have that readily available? I don't have that, but oh, I am. No worries. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. We want to guess like two hundred million. Uh, no, three hundred forty million. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's crazy. Right, and I'm pretty sure Jason Momoa worked for free. Like he <laughs> he, he thought he was doing a TikTok video and. It was secretly a movie. Like, that's just, you know, brain explode. But, you know, I don't think we'll ever have... Well, actually, they're making two more Fast X. Um, it's a it's a three-parter. Of course it is. Yeah, so... Uh, I really have no idea what they could possibly add to that movie. I mean, mm. they went to freaking Antarctica. And... <laughs> Had a submarine battle. There's nothing left. <laughs> Jason Momoa blew up the Hoover Dam. There's right? They, left. they attacked the Pope. Like <laughs> I know, right? So they're gonna have to fight aliens. That's like, the- <laughs> right? Like <laughs> you know, what you know, whether you believe this or not, but like you know, like the. <laughs> Like they said in their movie, "Hey, we're gonna attack God's appointed mouthpiece here on Earth, the the literal <laughs> avatar of God, yes, with a Rocket League bomb, right? Like, <laughs> like how, like who, like who's more important, <laughs> right? Right? Like you make a, a Mount Rushmore of like the most important people on Earth." Like, there's, is there anybody on that list higher than the Pope? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, like, I don't, (laughs) it's just, it's just bonkers. And 
you know, I, I think that people can just tell that there's no substance. Right. You know, it's pure Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. And imagine going down to Thanksgiving and just right. bottles of Mountain Dew where food should be. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's like, you know, when you go to Thanksgiving, you want there to be a bottle or two of Mountain Dew. Yes. But, you know, you, you, you can't have, you know, Mountain Dew stuffing. Right. Mountain Dew stuffing. I think that's the name of my review. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, and yeah, it's just bonkers. <laughs> yeah. So my third movie is actually yeah. something experimental, another experiment that we tried. Mm. And I don't even know how we came up with this movie, but it it did really well in our numbers for when we did a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. And that's when we talked, uh, we did the movie RRR. Yes. Uh, for some reason, that movie just hit people really well and they really liked that episode. And that movie was also as bizarre, not as bizarre as Fast X, but I mean, it was a musical. It was Bollywood. It was a historical drama. I think it involved a a love story, a love story. It's about brothers giving each other piggyback rides. (laughs) Um, It's, it got an Oscar for best song. Um, yeah, like RRR. I don't regret um, that two hour. Was it three? Maybe it was four. Four hours, three or four hours. Who knows? Of my life went to <laughs> RRR. Yeah, and I have to say, like uh, that movie was like totally an experience. Like, if you want to get into what India is doing in film. <laughs> I don't know if you should go to RRR. Or it might F- set the bar too high. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say, like, as a podcaster, I'm glad we, like, we found that golden nugget and we got yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. And that the audience said, hey, let's make this episode their best episode. Yeah, I it, it definitely was um, an experience. I I I'm glad that we're able to do that, and, and part of why I, I love this podcast um, is that it forces me to to go see things that I wouldn't normally see. And um, yeah, it, it, there's there's literally no no words to describe it other than what we talked about in our podcast. Yeah. But um, it, it's an experience. Like you just have to. Like, there's no substitute for, for watching. Our, our words don't do it justice. Yeah. Like, it's a very ambitious action movie. Yeah. And it's, it shows you the fact that other countries are really good at making action movies, and they really know how to do... They, when they want to, they really know how to show good atmosphere, good choreography. And, you know, the story was a half bad. Right. A little silly, but... You know, maybe I think it's more for a different audience. Right. Right. And I, I, I think that there's um maybe this is the difference between RRR and Fast and the Furious, whereas like with RRR, they everybody that was involved in that film mm-hmm. leaned a hundred percent into the tone. 
right? Yeah. Like they they didn't they weren't pretending to be something that they weren't. They knew exactly what they were doing, which is making right. a modern Bollywood action comedy romance blockbuster. Yeah. Step Brothers. <laughs> um, but for whatever reason, it just feels like um for whatever reason everybody in the fast and the furious movie is on a different page of wildly different books right like somebody hasn't told vin diesel for whatever reason that he's you know that he that he's not in a serious drama right like he plays dominic toretto so straight and so serious that it's it's ridiculous and then you know meanwhile jason momoa is you know he's reading he's playing (laughs) right like he's reading mad magazine in you know zimbabwean right like he's like he's just out of this world right and then you know jason statham is like you know playing this like action hero and the rock is the rock and it it just feels so like the tone is just so inconsistent with everybody and how they perform you just kind of it gives the audience whiplash yeah and the weird thing about that movie is the director thinks that like we want to see like tidbits of everyone right we we don't want to see everyone like if you took infinity war and you know you did a whole you take you took 10 minutes to talk about war machine and then you took 10 minutes to talk about um you know mandarin and then you uh, you know you you know you don't have to bring in everybody right stick to five people right right and yeah it's just uh yeah it's it's just a lot <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh boy, um, yeah. So, Mike, do you, do you feel like that that was a a good place to um to move on from? Yeah. Oh, okay, perfect. Know, well, I think this ahead. is a, a great episode to put a nail in the coffin of all these movies that we're talking about and look forward to the future. Mm. You know, there are people have heard our takes on animation and Barbie and, but you know, what's coming out in the future that we should get incredibly excited about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for, for me, I, I definitely feel like this episode could have been like, uh, uh, it could have been just a rehash of, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the big headlines from the year. So I'm glad that we're able to, to get some, you know, some other movies and, and stuff like that, um, some screen time. But yeah, into the future, I mean, yeah, I, I have a couple of bold predictions, um, Mike. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, do you, do you want to hear? I, I got three different takes for you. And um, maybe, maybe you can tell me if you agree, disagree, or, you know, maybe somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, my next. My my first take that uh, I want to have your take on is um, I the the Barbie cinematic universe or whatever they're gonna make is going to crash and burn. It's gonna be it's gonna be cringe. It's gonna be bad. 
and but it's still going to make money and i you know i'm i'm sad i'm disappointed um but you know the the biggest and i think the worst thing that's going to come from the barbie movie is how many studios are going to try and viral market their movie with another movie like what happened with Barbie and Oppenheimer, and it's just not going to be, it's just not going to be pretty. Right, right. I, I think, I think there's two things there that you're, you're hitting on. One mm-hmm. is taking something that's not so serious and adding like a serious, like, oh my gosh, it's a metaphor for blank. Right. And they're going to try that again, or someone's going to try, like Mattel's sure. going to try it with Polly Pocket. <laughs> In Polly right. Pocket, and people are going to be like, uh, no, no, I don't want to see Polly Pocket talk about wage inequality. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. and it, it's going to backfire. For for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, the, the second thing, my second take, I think is, is, a, is a little bit more of a, a positive one. Um, due to the, the writer strike, I, I think you know, at least for their um, the the early part of next year, we're going to get a lot of really great indie movies coming out, um, and I think people are going to get exposed to um, different genres and different kind of films than they wouldn't normally go see. And um, you know, stuff from like A twenty four that's going to be coming out, um, other independent studios. I, I think it's really going to. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a real renaissance for for um, independent films, um, and I think that's one of the the positives coming out of you know the the whole writer strike situation. Yeah, one thing I am noticing a trend in, and it could be because October is coming, <laughs> but there's been a lot of horror movies that have just yeah. come out. Yeah. Um, like haunting in Venice, talk to me, the nun too. Yeah. And so I hope like horror movies are kind of uh, like, you don't know if you're supposed to watch them to enjoy a story or cause you just want to be scared stupid. And so I always love it when someone talks about like a, a horror universe and talks about it like as a serious story universe. Mm. Cause then it's like, Okay, you know, there's, you know, they take them seriously. You can get behind it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And yeah, I, I, I hope um, that the one of the big takeaways from the year, building off that that take, um, yeah, is that people go and, and give movies and genres that they don't normally go see a, a chance. You never know you know, what might surprise you and what you might actually like. Um, so that's hot take number two. And that was, that was more, I don't know if that was necessarily a hot take. I think that was just an observation. Um, <laughs> and then um, uh, hot take, uh, hot take number three. Um, I, oh man. I don't know if I want to put this, speak this into existence, but um, I just don't, I'm just going to say it. 
I think DC calls it quits before they get all their James Gunn movies out. I I think they throw in the towel, um, and I, I just don't I just don't see the studio believing or willing to give James Gunn as much leash as he thinks he has. And I, you know, maybe, maybe I'm cynical, yeah. you know, but I, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it getting, going the distance. What do you think, Mike? Well, we know how they treat their friends. Yeah. They harass them. They're, they're, uh, they're helicopter parents. Right. And those are the things they feel very ambitious about. Right. And I'm hoping what I'm hoping is what they learned from Blue Beetle is it will like turn their hearts around and say, okay, you know, we, we got a little leverage. We're back, you know, we're back in the green. Let's, let's take what we learned and go with it. (laughs) But I think you're right. I think it's WB not understanding uh, how DC works. And they're going to rush something. Something's going to get rushed. Something's going to, there's going to be a fallout between James Gunn and insert famous person. Right. And, you know, they're not going to have a way to turn the ship around. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I, I hope it doesn't happen at least until we get another Batman movie. I'm I'm really excited for, (laughs) I'm excited for that at least. but yeah, I just, they just don't, you know, the WB just doesn't give me the confidence, you know, to think that it's going to be around for. And I I really think that, like, it's not even like, you can't even say that about all WB does, because it's, they pull hmm. out something wonderful out of their butt, and it makes a billion dollars, and you got like, that was Barbie, dude, that was like a 1950s toy. <laughs> you can't do that with the entirety of comic book lore in its right. history. <laughs> but you can do that with Barbie. Right. Right. No, and it's, you know, it, it, it it's not like this is the, you know, the 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 first time that they might have issues, you know, with a a, a famous director, right? Like there's a the whole falling out with you know, uh Christopher Nolan and um did you know, he leave angry yeah i mean that's why oppenheimer wasn't with um released by wb um and you know the uh you know the poor patty jenkins situation which was you know the so unfortunate mm-hmm. um and you know we won't even talk about superman but um <laughs> But yeah, it's they 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 just have this habit of burning bridges, and I I don't know I I'm just not confident. They're not doing this on any of their movies. They're not doing it for Dune, right? They're not doing it for King George with, <laughs> with Will Smith. I mean, right. I think there's someone at the top who hates comic books. That hates and, DC, unless yeah. it's Batman for some reason. Yeah. For some reason, he just like he hates the idea that they're competing with Marvel, and he says, "You know what? I want you to fail so you can do the cool sci-fi stuff and the cool artsy stuff." 
right? Which is just such a shame. Yeah. Okay, Mike. Do Do you have any predictions for the future? I do. In the year to coming? Yes, let's hear I have this theory, and it has to do with the writer's strike, that, Mm -hmm. you know, during COVID 2020, uh, TV in movies uh, bailed us out. Now Mm -hmm. we're healthy, and now the movie industry has COVID. (laughs) And so now, now we're bailing them out by going to see as many movies as we can. Mm. But I think because there's this there's this creativity COVID mm. over our theaters that like we can't we can't go to the normal money makers now. Like mm. now like there's these strange films that like you didn't expect to be amazing and they're being amazing. Like the Equalizer three. Why is the third Equalizer doing so well in theaters <laughs> when the other two were so darn forgettable? <laughs> You There's know, nothing else to watch. Yeah, why are these horror movies that no one has thought twice about? Why are they coming in full flex? Why are all these directors doing these horror movies? Um, you know, yeah. I half expect to see uh, rocket powered. Uh, you know, being done by you know that Nickelodeon movie, like getting a right. ninety six for its movie. <laughs> Yeah, or, yeah, totally. Or something um, like like all these weird things. It's like there's like a disease in Hollywood right now and they're using like a non-traditional medicine to fix it. Right, right. It's exciting and, and scary at the same time. Right. Like, and I think Expendables 4 might be amazing. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe. maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Mhm. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally, I totally agree, Mike. And I, I think, I think you were on to something there. I, mm-hmm. I think when, when times are uncertain, um, people want that escape. And, mm-hmm. you know, you think back to when, you know, Iron Man was in its heyday, the MCU was in its heyday. And, you know, that was right after, you know, the, the, the housing and the bank crash in 2008, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that was... And, you know, people were looking for some escapism, right? And they... Um, and Marvel was, you know, something new. There was a new kid on the block, right? Yeah. And um, so I think now it's kind of come full circle now where, where, where times are times are tough and, and people people want to go and watch movies. They want that escape. Um, but they're a little bit more choosy now, and they're they're looking for the, you know, the the next Marvel, right? They're they're looking for the next thing, and they're looking for something that's original and new. That that's what Marvel was, you know, in two thousand eight. But now it's twenty twenty three, and they're looking for new things. And I think that they're starting to find it in movies about um, that that are um, alternative in their source material and. Um, you know, that's why things like, you know, Mario and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Spider-Man are, are, are making money, uh, into the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse, because it's, it's different, it's fresh, it's new, it's, you know, it, it's something that's familiar, but it's a little different, and, um, I definitely think that, uh, that video games in, um, you know, are, are going to be, bigger and bigger source material um, into the future, you know, with, um, you know, The Last of Us being such a, a massive hit that it was. 
um, yeah, I, I think that we're going to see, you know, more video game adapta- adaptations. And judging by how much money, you know, uh, like like Dungeons and Dragons and uh, Gran Turismo and Mario made, uh, you know, I, I think studios are now willing to take a chance on on stuff, and I think people are too. Yeah, and like every the rules are thrown out the window. Yeah, and so I'm looking at these movies. There's Spy Kids Armageddon coming out. That could be amazing, you know. The old right. rules said that it was going to be horrible, but now we're under new Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's it's people are are realizing that they 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 can be discerning, and um, I think streaming has a lot to do with that too. I think people over COVID realized that you know seeing Fast and the Furious on their sixty inch you know HD four K TV. It's just as good as seeing it in the theater, but the experience of watching Barbenheimer can't be replicated. So they're they're looking right. for movie experiences. And I think that part is slowly coming back. I mean, 2020 to 2022, everything went to the streaming services. If you couldn't get it on Peacock, you got it on Paramount. You got it on HBO even before it hit the theaters. Um, Netflix was pretty much a good percentage of Hollywood movies that were getting nominated. Right. Um, and now people are like, well, maybe what if I want to leave the house? You know? What? Right. And I think that affects the review too. It's like, did I leave the house? Did I have popcorn? Did I have a drink with this? Right. And if the movie's horrible, you give it a worse review because you left the house for this. Right. But if right. it's a good movie, you're like, and I got popcorn with this? Amazing. <laughs> right. Right, for sure. No, the great take, Mike. Good take. Hmm. Yeah. So, what movie are you most excited about in the near future? In the near near future, man, I um I know I talked about the, you know, the creator um and I talked about um Dune 2 Part 2. Um those are definitely ones that I am super excited about. Um, but, um, like, t- in terms of, like, oh, man, uh, movies in 2024? Um, that's a great question, Mike. Um, I, I'm, I would, ha- I guess I would have to say, um, I have three different answers for you, and um, let me know if uh, let me know how you feel about them. the The first being um, on a personal level, I'm so excited for the new King Kong movie, Godzilla King Kong movie. Um, I I just love I I loved the last one. I'm so excited for this one. I can't wait to see it in a theater. Just the the spectacle of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think it's just an experience that you can't replicate at home. So I'm I'm so excited for that. Um, and then the uh, the second one that I'm super excited about. 
is um, the second Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix uh-huh. and um, Lady Gaga. I I feel like that movie is going to be an acid trip. It's going to be weird. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be a, a ride and. Um, yeah, I think Joaquin Phoenix absolutely dominated in his role um, as Joker the first time around. So I'm excited to see if he mm-hmm. can replicate it. And then um, my the third movie is in. Um, oof, the maybe I have four, but I don't want to take too many in case um, you you take it, but. Um, I don't want to take anything away from you, but uh, maybe I'll just say maybe I'll just say all four. But um, I I'm excited for um, the ballerina movie. Um, it's the it's made by the same people that did the John Wick movies. That's supposed to be it's just supposed to take place between uh, the third and the fourth movie. Um, yeah. So that'll be cool. Uh, uh, Anna de Armas is supposed to be um, the lead uh, yeah. in it. So. Mm-hmm. Are you excited about that three part the continental? Yeah, that should be that should be really cool. I mean I I don't have um too much in the way of expectations for it because I really don't like I just don't know what to expect. Um but it should be really cool. Uh I, I think it works as a TV show. Um if uh if they get the right, um, if they get the right people on it, but um, yeah, it should be pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I guess maybe the one that maybe everyone is is waiting is waiting for, and I swear every time I see news about this, I get more and more happy, confused. Mm-hmm. Um, but the new Deadpool movie, um, <laughs> I, I, it keeps. Seeming like it's the <laughs> it because it, they just keep bringing in these like X Men like Fox X Men actors mm-hmm. and they keep saying that this is supposed to be like the bridge for MCU into the Fox universe. Right. And they just they just keep bringing in. Um, it feels like every day there's new news about who's in this now. Um, right. So I mean, I'm intrigued. I hope it's not a hot mess. But yeah, those are the those are the four that I guess I know you asked for one, but that's what you get. Right. Yeah. For me, I don't have anything I'm super excited about. More intrigued. Sure. Like I'm really wondering how uh, Rebel Moon is going to be. Yeah, that that comes out pretty soon. Is that straight to? Is that straight December, to? Straight and that's going to be Netflix. Yeah, like, is it going to be just like you know the poor man's Star Wars, or is it going to be something? Is it going to get Snyder back into the conversation? Mm. Um, I'm interested in that, and I'm I wonder how I'm going to have to finagle getting a Netflix. That isn't my parents. Or maybe I can still bum off theirs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that should be that should be really good. I mean, I think there's a lot of good sci-fi coming out. Um I, I don't want to keep 
harping on the creator, but that looks so good. And Dune 2, and then, yeah, that Rebel Moon, I think, yeah, there's there's a lot of good sci-fi coming. Yeah. The, the second thing is, and I know this this has to be a good story based on the fact that the video games like are known for like getting tear jerkers and that is the Gears of War movie that mm. that people keep talking about. Sure. And yeah. I hope it's not been canned. Um I think it's it's overdue and if people are looking for a series that kind of writes itself, you know, any any director would get a freebie if they could handle it properly. Um, I'd love to see that. Yeah. And probably my favorite wrestler turned actor, Dave Bautista has been just on the campaign trail to get that happen, to make that happen. God bless him. I knew there was a reason I loved him. (laughs) Um, yeah, he's, he's a massive fan of the series. He, even to the point that I think that they, they made him a character in the most recent Gears of War. Well, he's shaped like a Gears of War guy. <laughs> right. No, for sure. You know, he looks like a mammoth guy in 60 tons of metal. For uh, sure. For so sure. My, my third movie just perplexes the junk out of me. Mm-hmm. And that is, they're making a sequel to Gladiator? Yeah! Question yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he die? He dies right at the end of the first one. So what? He's what not the gladiator. <laughs> right. Is it a different? Uh, all the main characters, the main villain, they all die at the end. Who's like, yeah. what is this movie about? And even the trailer shows all the old actors talking right. about what the movie could be about. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I. Uh, don't don't get me started on <laughs> it, it's it's just so gratuitous like why yeah like, i mean that is the question why but then from a director standpoint why not i mean the thing won an oscar all we yeah. need to do is figure out what made it so amazing in force the new actors to be as amazing as the ones that died in the movie. <laughs> and yeah, like don't don't get me wrong, like I love I love Ridley Scott, um but it just it just feels like sometimes he's just I don't know, it just feels like some of his stuff is just hit or miss and right. Sometimes it's really really good. And other times it's Prometheus. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they make a sequel to Prometheus? I can't uh, Covenant? Movie. Yeah. Like, no one's talking about that movie, which is not a good sign. No, right? Yeah. Um, oh, and speaking of Ridley Scott, I totally forgot about this. And I, I guess it's not coming out next year. It's coming out later this year. But I'm super excited. And speaking of Joaquin Phoenix... I'm excited for the Napoleon movie that's coming out that's directed by Ridley Scott. And um, I know I just got done trashing him, but (laughs) um, I am excited for Napoleon. Um, (laughs) I think it'll be good. And I mean, anything with Joaquin Phoenix in it, I'm on board. 
Yeah, apparently Gladiator 2 will have Denzel Washington. What? And Pedro Pascal. So, oh. two people that scream were gladiators from the well, Roman era. <laughs> I mean, technically, Pedro Pascal did fight in a gladiatorial combat in Game of Thrones. He mm-hmm. fights, there's a, a famous scene of him fighting the mountain in one on one combat. So, I mean, there's history there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's. Like that blows my mind. Yeah, that's so random. I don't. I. I don't know. <laughs> what? But like to me, it's like, why doesn't Ridley Scott just say, "I know I made this movie, and I love this time period, and I want to make another movie about gladiators, but it's going to be called something totally different." Um, but he's like no this is a seek he's saying this is a sequel to the first movie but none of the characters are in it because they're dead i just i don't i don't understand yeah i don't get it right it's it's so self-aggrandizing it's like rogue one two (laughs) yeah right (laughs) none of the original cast are in it but you loved Rogue One, so you're going to love Rogue One, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> right. And it's not like there's a lack of of stories that can or could be told from that time period, right? Like, everybody loves, you know, Gladiators and, you know, Ben-Hur and, mm-hmm. you know, those movies. So it's like there's... Like, people would go to go see the, these movies, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. It just it just feels like such a pat on the back, you know? He's just like, you remember that movie that I made that won a bunch of Oscars? Come see the <laughs> second one. <laughs> You're like, yes. but why? Right. Oh, my gosh. Well. We I definitely got to do an episode on it. Yeah. You know, I, I like the idea of just finding these movies and picking them apart and then <laughs> right, what right. makes them tick. 100%. Um, yeah, it, it definitely feels like um, there's a lot of stuff to come. And I, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see kind of how stuff goes. If it's like 2023. Uh, Spy Kids Armageddon is going to be 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right? I, But also at the same time, it's going to be like, oh, hey, we're just going to shadow drop Jack and Dexter to the movie, and it's going to gross $2 billion. Yeah. And also a documentary on soybeans. <laughs> right. Uh, Christopher Nolan is going to be <laughs> the number one movie of the year. Right. It's. It, I think at the end of the day, the, the, that's what it's going to be, right? Like, I think people. Uh, but I, I also think you're onto something, too, with, like, the, the Spy Kids movie, too, right? Because I think everybody and their mom was like, yeah, of course, like, the Mario movie is going to make money, right? Like, mm-hmm. everyone was like, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to gross a good amount of money. But then you're like, a billion dollars worth of money? That's a lot of money. Yeah. And so, like, 
it's and Spy Kids definitely also has that same feel, right? Like everyone's yeah. like, of course, like it's gonna make a nostalgia money, but yeah. it, it's gonna gross like a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Hello. Can you hear everybody? Oh my gosh. How long was I talking? <laughs> the last thing I heard was you saying, well, it's been a good year. <laughs> well, it's been a good year. And I hope the next year is just as good. And right. just as crazy and weird, too. Right. And, you know, I, I hope that we can look back and um, we could see how some of our predictions, um, how they did. And, uh, but more importantly, um, how wrong we were. Yes. And when we do that episode about uh, RRR2. The Rning. Yeah. And it puts us above Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> then we, we will know. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, you know, if you made it this far and um, you have recommendations for some hidden gems for us to check out. Definitely hit us up. Let us know. In mm-hmm. actor spotlights or actress spotlights that we'd like to do. Yeah, for sure. We I love doing those episodes. Those are always super fun. Mm-hmm. And just to let you know that uh, it's been great. Thank you, fans, for uh, listening to us. And stay tuned. We're going to have more ideas, more thoughts. And maybe our second season will be... No, I'm going to say absolutely. Our second season is going to be just as crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it now. Tom Hanks, guest star. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> well, I've been Adam. I've been Mike. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. Welcome to Storytime Improv. Word of the day.